From the makers of Relevant Magazine, it's The Relevant Podcast, and we're live. And now, from our Orlando studio, here's your host, Cameron Strang. It's Tuesday, March 12, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Over there uh, doing the video stuff, Clark Flippo. Hey, hey. Hey, he has a mic. Uh, On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, All the way from Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Cat Koffeltz. Yes, good morning. (laughs) And from Nashville, Tennessee, (laughs) author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Hey, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by our partners at World Vision and the upcoming Global 6K for Water. Uh, World Vision's Global 6K for Water is a one-day event where people from all over the world walk and run 6K in their own neighborhoods to bring lasting, clean water to children in need around the world. Every step you take is one they won't have to. Now, why 6K? 6K is the average distance women and kids in the developing world walk for clean water. I have to say... The ad copy read that I'm reading says the devolving world <laughs> instead of developing world. So I'm oh. going to go ahead and do a self-edit <laughs> on that. Um, when you walk or run World Vision's Global 6K for Water, you provide life-changing clean water to one person in need through your registration fee. So no matter where you walk or run, you'll be celebrating lives changed. How cool is that? Now, the event takes place on May 4th, and our whole team at Relevant is running it. Some are walking it. And we love for you to join us. Whether you're here in Orlando or across the country, you can join Team Relevant by visiting worldvision6k.org slash relevant. You should do it. Jesse and I have started our training. so That's right. And my training consists of... Here's what I do at every... Uh-huh. You know, It's not like I do a lot of these endurance races. But if I were to ever run the New York Marathon, I would have the, the same move, which is to sprint out in front of the pack <laughs> just for a moment, even right. if at the beginning. <laughs> the fleeting so glory. can tell my children one day, there was a moment where your dad was winning I mean, the there will City be a Marathon. photographer <laughs> there will, that will capture that moment. It's That's undeniable true. you were leading the New York Marathon marathon yeah and what and and i don't know what strategically is wrong with this plan like because i'm like well i could probably make it a quarter mile winning the marathon or winning the problem would be you'd have to work really hard to get in the first corral right i think that would be not for a person like me i'm a very slippery person and can get myself to any place i want to be trust me getting to a place where i'm not technically supposed to be is not the issue i'm concerned about i'm more concerned about going full sprint and then seizing up and then being trampled by the entirety of the new york marathon that's more my concern but i will say this in my most of my training just involves you know short burst sprint from the fin from the starting line just so i can say for a moment right i was winning the world vision global 6k for clean water because really for me yes it's a great cause but i'm a winner and even if i'm only winning for a second that's better than not having been winner at all i think you have a wrong mental image of what the world vision global 6k for water is going to be like you can run in your neighborhood you and some friends i understand register raise money and then just run in your neighborhood but you don't know that we're running that's like a family race all y'all live there together but it's true but i'm running in florida with the staff and now that people know that we're hosting one yeah i mean i'm expecting nothing less than bus loads of listeners to come (laughs) we know of some we definitely have seen on twitter that there are some people that will be traveling to florida to uh run with us so you you can you can humiliate them uh in person jesse Wow. Even if even if the humiliation is like thirty yards, <laughs> just get a professional photographer there to be ready for the moment when Jesse is leading. We uh, we have a great show coming up for you today. Um, coming up later, we talked to Shane Claiborne. He has a new book out called "Beating Guns," and it's about the uh, gun violence issue in America. Uh, we talked to him in the new issue of Relevant, and we're bringing some of that audio experience here to you on the show today. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I like this new format where we kind of integrated and to the show. So that's coming up later. Uh, beating guns. Tell tell what he's doing, Jesse. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, the, the book is about the gun violence issue, but it also is about a project that he's embarked with, um, with his co-author of the book named Michael Martin. And Michael Martin is a professional blacksmith, and he's also started an organization called Raw, 
tools and raw is uh, also war spelled backwards and what they're doing is you can send michael your if you had a firearm or a gun you can send it to him and he will use his blacksmith skills to turn it into a gardening tool uh, and what they're trying to do is go to city from city. They're they're collecting people's guns, turning them into gardening tools. And they're really trying to put like a literal interpretation of the prophecy in Isaiah about when the kingdom of God comes, people will turn their swords into plowshares. And so they're trying to put that prophecy in practice and also take some guns off the street. I, I, I think we should uh, try to do other biblical prophecies very literally as well. I'm very inspired by this. It's very, it's a cool project for yep. sure. Um, okay. Well, moving the show along, it is time for Slices. Look at that. Look how succinct we are. We are moving the show. We are plowing yeah, forward. Yeah, serious. I was like, what is it time for? We are we are running this show like we are running the New York Marathon. We are sprinting out to an early Breaking lead. out of the gate. Now, here's, here's what's curious is if one of us goes down in a catastrophic injury any yeah, moment if now. If somebody pulls a hamstring, we're going to need you to slow it down next torn week, Achilles Karen. right away. Yeah. All okay, right. What do you um, have, Jesse? Okay, so I needed to bring, I felt like it was only fair that I bring an update slice. Um, we talked about a, a gentleman named Jeremy Taylor last week, who is an avid outdoorsman and was recently four-wheeling in the Oregon wilderness with his dog and was stuck. And he survived for five days by eating Taco Bell hot sauce packets That's right. that, were, that were left in his truck. Now, Eddie contends that this feat was not heroic. Um, <laughs> I contend that anyone who could possibly survive off Taco Bell hot sauce packets is a hero. Eddie, do you still stand by that? Even yeah. though I'm about to bring you an update. Right. I mean, we've gone back and forth on the definition of hero. I think it was pretty <laughs> impressive. I'll give him that. I think he was impressive, but you know, I, just well, not agree, dying is not heroic. Yeah. I agree. Okay. <laughs> we, we've heard this debate before. Well, right. guess who disagrees with you, Eddie? Probably guess everyone. Who? The good people at Taco Bell. The arbiters <gasps> of cultural heroes. What? Tell me everything, Jesse. <laughs> Taco Bell was very thrilled to hear that their hot sauce package saved the life of an outdoorsman and his beloved dog. And they released a statement and they said, we're very glad that Jeremy and Allie are OK. We know our sauce packets are amazing, but this takes it to a whole new level. We are in touch with Jeremy and we have sent him a deserved care package and a year's supply of Taco Bell and, of course, all <gasps> the Taco Bell hot sauce Lucky. packets that come with it. So a quick update. You, it, you, all you have to do to get a year's supply of Taco Bell is to put yourself in a life-threatening situation and, <laughs> all, and, and raise your whole well-being <laughs> on the, your willingness <laughs> yeah. to consume hot sauce fire packets. I think the five days in the wilderness was worth it. Eddie, are you changing your tune now, do, seeing no, what the stakes are? No, but don't you ever wonder what of your supply really looks like? Because for a year's <laughs> yes. supply for me, it would be one time only thing open in an airport <laughs> middle of the night so that's oh my, my year supply really? <laughs> oh that would not be my story i would be i would enjoy a year supply of taco bell i'm not like okay. anti-taco bell it's just not one of my places but it like what like you are <laughs> yeah it's big big anti-taco bell but what's a year supply we don't have the details I, I, they on that. didn't specify i mean i feel like if it's a year supply i don't feel like there's it's, any asterisk it's as much it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet it's just a gold well, card because wasn't there rules with his black card on chick-fil-a how much he could go oh, i can't yeah, remember right. yeah but chick-fil-a seems they that they're not a place to place fast and loose with the rules <laughs> i feel like right. taco, taco bell is like look man these tacos just come on cost us yeah. pennies pennies to make it, it just, feels like a supersize uh documentary opportunity that he yeah. should eat taco bell for one year and not pay for food for a whole year but see what it does to his chemical makeup of his self it feels like with taco bell though like you're really rolling the dice here you're playing russian this is the russian roulette of of, of fast food for yeah. a year game like they, this could go disastrously wrong okay i wanted to bring one other quick quick slice because that was a really quick one i know we got a lot to get to today but that there was a recently a debate at the u.s senate that i wanted to play two audio clips from we live in a divided country you guys know that you know these are contentious times. We just did it about Taco Bell. We've already we're a divided podcast. You know these are these are crazy times in America and a debate 
I feel like it went off the rails in, in the right way. Now, now listen, I'm not one. You guys know how I feel about jokes on those like electronic street signs. I don't need my tax money going to some guy in an office writing church marquee puns. Okay. <laughs> you know, click it or ticket. Like we don't need those. Just, just tell <laughs> yeah, me but what's work even, ahead. What's even better about those is I love to imagine like the police officer sitting there and they're just dying. They're dying laughing when they write that. They can't believe how clever that <laughs> I think was. You're right, Eddie. So I kind of like them right. for that reason because I feel like they all like go and take pictures in front of it after they post it. You know, it's a big moment. But yes, I agree. They're terrible. Wait, wait, wait. In your scenario, the the state police are writing the Department of Transportation warning signs. They're all in cahoots. Yes, I yeah, think they're, they're all in cahoots. I'm it's it's like a cross departmental incentive program. It's like to, <laughs> yeah. to keep the guys engaged, helping each hey, other out. It's like they can submit. There's a there's a, a yes. contest. That's okay. exactly yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. Okay, I feel I like it. it's an email thread where one of them comes up with a great traffic pun <laughs> and just replies all, and they're like, "All right, change the marquees, guys." But yeah. our tax money is going to pay for that. So usually I don't condone this, but th- I I did feel like I wanted to bring this. So uh, represent this is in the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives. The federal government here, Representative Mark Pocan from Wisconsin, was wanted to emphasize just how popular a piece of legislation was. And uh, I think some people feel like his comment went over the line. It really drew uh, it really made Representative Rodney Davis of Illinois angry so much that he demanded the mic after uh, Pocan's comments. Uh, Mark Pocan, uh, Clark, if we could play what Mark Pocan said about a very unpopular piece of legislation. I would just like to add in 2016, when the census and the Federal Register asked for a comment on this, uh, 77,000 people did comment. Uh, only four uh, wanted to keep this provision. Everyone else wanted to change this out of 77,000. Uh, that's probably about the percent of people who think Nickelback is their favorite band in this country. It's pretty low. Uh, and I think I apologize to the gentleman. Why would you criticize one of the greatest <laughs> bands of the night? So, okay, pause it right oh, there. Wow. All right. Hold on, pause it right there. Mark Pocan. He he straight up threw some shade where it didn't need to go. Yeah, like he would. You know, four people out of seventy six thousand. Yeah, ironically, the number of people in the band Nickelback. You know, he he just had to do it. But if you would have so in this clip, you can hear another representative who has no horse in this race. He does not care about the legislation. (laughs) Right, but. He is from, he's from Illinois and, and but took, you know, a great offense at the dig at Nickelback. Uh, Clark, can you play Rodney Davis's comments, please? He, he stormed the mic. That, uh, my, my colleague from Wisconsin, I know he did not mean to offend the many, many thousands upon thousands of Nickelback fans in his district in Wisconsin. Uh, I'll stand here to, to, to save you from doing that and have to face the political consequences at the ballot box. Uh, I enjoy getting uh, debating back and forth, and it's always good to have some good humor on the floor of the house. And yes, I actually do have a Nickelback song on my running playlist that I listen to on a regular basis. Uh, and was ridiculed by that when I posted my playlist one time. Okay, you, 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 okay. you, 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 you are such nerds. Like it's always good to have some good humor on the on the floor of the house. And like nobody has even made one yeah. joke yet. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Listen, it's always good to have a little good humor on the floor of the Senate. But yeah. seriously, Mark, don't you pass Nickelback? But this is not one of those moments. <laughs> I just love like our founding fathers when they were drafting yeah. Yeah. documents that, you know, gave rules for debates like this. If they ever knew that. I mean, this is the end of democracy right here. Like we mm. don't need elected representatives telling us the the artistic merits of Nickelback. No, thank you. This this is as bad as people goof around on street signs. And that will will stay on record forever. It will sit in the Library of Congress, that silly conversation, forever. That's the problem. (laughs) The other great thing is like Nickelback making fun of them will never not be funny. And like yeah. it's the it's one of the just the jokes that always works, you know, and like yeah. I and I feel like as I learned the hard way, the only the only people that don't find Nickelback jokes funny are the band Nickelback. Yeah, and they're not good sports. <laughs> that is it's, true. Hey, you can that find makes that it funnier. I know we've talked about it a hundred times. Can <laughs> you very, very quickly tell me real quick about the lady that reached out? This is just one of my favorite stories that I the, the band's the, the band member's wife. 
the band Just members quickly. Yeah. I mean, wasn't Avril Lavigne one of the band members' wives? Yeah, at one different. point, yes. briefly. Well, yeah, no, the best. Okay, so one of the one of the the band members' wives reached out to me personally uh, <laughs> uh, via Twitter when I was <laughs> when I was attempting to listen to Nickelback for 160 straight. Uh, 168 straight hours but the funniest was chad kroger and he was asked about it on a radio station in australia and they tried to they tried to trick me they tried to trick him on having me on the line to make fun of him too which would have been way too awkward <laughs> way because too awkward. i didn't know he would not be that's I mean, a scott's for me, that's pretty awkward. oh yeah. my yeah. god on live australian radio but yeah. they asked him about it and they were like you know he's raising money for a good cause what do you think about it and he goes well making fun of people's Never cool, no matter how much money's raised. And it's like, oh gosh, I disagree with you there because <laughs> <laughs> everyone thinks this is hilarious. Wait, that, that's your Chad Kroger. That's your that's your impression. Yeah, man. <laughs> Very close to it's um, a little Hulk Macho Hogan. Man Randy Savage. Yeah, it's a little WWE. Very close. They both, they both sound like they smoke unfiltered cigarettes <laughs> and drive you know trucks for a living when they're not you know famous rock stars yeah. <laughs> yeah. like if you have that voice you're either you're either the lead singer of a band who the whole band wears affliction t-shirts or you're trying to get into professional wrestling that's, that's solid, the two solid slice yeah, yeah. yeah pretty good slice all right what do you have eddie uh well i another quick audio slice i um there is a doctor in Massachusetts who apparently, because he's a doctor, I guess has to call CVS a lot. They don't have the thing where they send in the prescription automatically. So this guy has to call CVS. And the Boston Globe reported that uh, mm. this guy, this doctor has sort of started to freak out and he is freaking out about the hold music for CVS. Now, <laughs> if, if you had said, does hold, does, does, CVS even have hold music. I don't even think I'd know what it sounds like until I looked up CVS hold music. And not only are there just just endless search results about the CVS hold music, but there are many, many, many covers of it. Chandler has one queued up. Chandler, can you just play a, a sample of it so we get a sense of the CVS hold music? sounds love this sounds yeah. okay you know what this sounds like keep, keep this going Chandler. you know what this sounds I'm like kind this, of enjoying it. it sounds like it's if you're funeral. stressed out about your medical situation and you have to call cbs you want to have something soothing like this to reassure yeah. you that that webmd misled you and you're not actually going to die today now th- this is this is what it sounds like to me it's like all right now while the offering plates go around linda's going to come up and perform a very special song for us this sunday morning and like this is just playing over the loudspeakers and it's like she like you ever been in one of those situations where they have a special guest song and they miss their cue on like a pre-recorded track and they're just like it plays from and they're like can you start it one more time from the beginning i'm sorry i missed it Oh my gosh, that like raises my blood pressure just hearing you say it, Desi. You've been in those situations though too. It's just some random person from the church, the pre-recorded track is played and you can tell everyone in the service is like the cue was right there. The cue was right there and you missed it. Or they just jump in and try to catch up. So I'm sorry I interrupted but that's what came to my mind when I heard this. It sounds quite pleasant. So Dr. Steven Schlossman apparently freaked out so much. He is a psychiatrist at Mass General Hospital that he wrote a letter to CVS uh, people got word of this letter and began chiming in and CVS has taken it so uh, seriously that they are making the change. They are having to change. They, their, are. they are changing their entire phone system because it's not just like they go and upload a new MP3. Apparently there is an entire phone system update that has to happen, but they are taking it very seriously. And that CVS music that has been driving people crazy is changing. It did make me think of at, at IJM every time we have to call in to a call at headquarters there's hold music and it's it's like i i hear it in like dreams sometimes like it's not sure. but it's just background music it's not like the forefront but it's like always there and then jesse you reminded me of what was the you were starting to sing it what was the yeah. worst <laughs> so that is apparently the ijm hold music because i guess we have a cisco system that's the sound of every cisco system chandler can you play for us oh really 
though this I've whole never music, heard that before. Okay, I've heard I've, the, heard I've heard this, this many times because yeah. it's ubiquitous. Any company that you call in that has Cisco, this is the default hold music. There's actually a story behind it. Chandler, you listened to that episode of Reply All, right? Where they where they dug the origin, they Reply dug up the origins of this song. It turns out it was just like an engineer at Cisco. Like they get the whole phone system up and ready to go, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? We need hold music." One guy's like, "Well, I kind of, you know, I kind of play around. I've got, yeah, I kind of, you know, dabble in my own time." And they just plug this in, and now literally a decade later, people are listening to this song for hours and hours every single day. This this clip that Chandler was playing from is actually a ten-hour. Not no, loop. stop loop on YouTube, yeah. so feel free to just you know <laughs> chip that away at your like brain a with terrible that. Terrible thing to oh, exist. Yeah. Why does yes. that even exist? So so Ooh. so the the doctor. I'm just trying to go back to the story. The doctor wrote a letter to CVS and and caught viral fame. Right, and so CVS is changing their entire phone system to address. They're change. Apparently, they have to change the whole system in order to change the song. But the song that's is changing. Right. Of Amazing. course, the song will still be hold music, and in a year, everybody's going to hate it again because that's the real problem with it. Like inherently, there's nothing wrong with the song. It's just if you're a doctor calling it the same you know, fifteen yeah. inherently, times a day. Inherently, there's something wrong with humans. That's no, what, what you're saying. What right. they need, right. they need to blow up those. So we don't need hold music. Let's see what they do at movie theaters now and have fun trivia or something. <laughs> or Let's just, play HQ trivia while we're on hold. Or you just know? nothing, and then every 30 seconds, it just a quick voice says, like, hey, you're still on hold. But then it's just silent. That's what I would really like. Oh, you like. would want that. I would. Ne- I don't like that when it just when it goes silent because I think we've been disconnected and I don't like. Yeah, yeah. you might have to. You might have time to hear your own thoughts. Yeah, it needs yeah, to be, yeah, needs yeah, to be yeah, something yeah. more natural to know to know the the line wasn't disconnected. Like right. so, you don't like pull your iPhone like away from your face to see if you're still alive. It needs to just be yeah. something natural, like a person breathing in the background. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> ambient it's jungle noise. Yeah. Oh, person breathing. We're still here. It'll be about ten more minutes. <laughs> <sighs> and they just hire a person just to breathe all day. Yeah, it's, it's not literally even a, a person alive breathing. Oh, gosh. Man, that's, that's that, that would solve terrible. all of this. And it'd probably be cheaper, honestly, just to employ someone than to. <laughs> we <could> do that. <laughs> the queue, the numbers in the queue are dropping rapidly. <laughs> Hey, it would be, it would like, yeah, it would, it would weed out. The pharmacy crumbles. But, there is nobody yeah. left. No one calls. No one makes prescriptions. It's like, it, we'll see how bad you actually need the medicine. Are you willing to sit through this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you sit through this? All right. What do you have, Annie? Well, I think this will surprise all of you, but mainly you, Eddie, that this is my favorite time of the year, which is surprising for my personality because it's Lent. And oh. Lent is like the saddest part of the church calendar. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say spring because I felt like, oh, everything's yeah. fresh and new and fresh here we are yeah. happy. But no, you like the Lent part. Why? Yeah. You, Did that surprise you, you? Yeah. Why? Why do you like Lent? I thought you were I saying just, the second half of the new season of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. yeah. Every year. It's come down the stretch. Really. <laughs> Your brain season. is so weird. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it is, I just love, it's been, I grew up Methodist. And so it's just been this like consistent part of my life, my whole life. And I have just, it has always been my favorite. I love the 40 days. I love that people give stuff up. I love that. It, I think maybe I love that it ends in Easter, even though Eddie, for you, it ends on Good Friday. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's your where favorite it all part stops. of the year. I know. There's no more to the story after Good Friday. <laughs> the darkness. You love the darkness. See, I, I grew um, up Pentecostal and we never observed Lent. So as an adult, I find out about it. And it, to me, it's as foreign and interesting as a Jewish custom or any other. Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. I, it's interesting to me. To, Jesse, to did learn you grow up it. doing so observing Lent? No, no. I mean, I, like occasionally people would do it as almost like a novelty, like, oh, I'm going to give up sweets or something, you know, yeah. but but they weren't. It wasn't like it wasn't they didn't have like the kind of religious reverence. And I, I you know, I did, I wasn't like out and about a lot on Ash Wednesday, but I do feel like I saw a lot of people like Tony Reale on uh, Around the Horn. He famously always wears, you know, the Ash Wednesday cross. But I saw yeah. like a couple of people on CNN where I only saw one person out and about wearing uh, Ash Wednesday cross. And it was the evening of, of Ash Wednesday. And it was a guy at CVS buying two cases of Bud Light with the, with the cross <laughs> on his forehead. I was like, well, I guess I know what you're not giving up for Lent. Yeah, I'll tell you what wasn't on your list. Eddie, did you grow up observing Lent? I didn't. Nope. Grew up. No. I'm the only one. Like, I kind of knew about it. Just like Jesse, I knew about it. But it yeah. was not until an adult. And then, but I love it. I, I really appreciate the season and the practice, but I did not. Yeah. It's I a whole saw- new thing. I thought I thought always thought of it as like the the backup New Year's resolution. It's like I blew my diet in January, <laughs> oh, so yeah. oh, for Lent I'm gonna give up the yeah, carbs yeah, yeah. or something. You know, 
Yeah, I don't think you're that wrong, but I think that's kind of how a lot of people treat it. Um, And Twitter, uh, they did a, sorry, openbible.info. This guy, Stephen Smith, who works there, kind of went through and did a a survey about what people were giving up for Lent and kind of did, there's some really interesting stats on it from LifeWay's research, like, Three in 10 Americans observe Lent, which is about right for our math on here, too, because one in four, three in 10, that's not very far off. Um, And Catholics are the most likely to observe it. 61% of Catholics observe Lent. And, but, and my my question for you is do y'all want to guess some of the top things people are giving up this year? Meat. Isn't that that a big one? Meat is in the top 10. Mm. Wow. Candy canes. These are of, these are of, Social he media. observed 42, he, sorry, he used 42,000 tweets when he asked people, 42,000 people responded in tweets and they categorized them, which is a nightmare. So, so, so 42,000, uh, that's a pretty good, like, you know, yeah. uh, survey. Cross section. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Me, you're right. Uh, with social media, I would say probably. Yeah. Social media is the very, is the top two. Bizarrely, social networking is one. Animal, and Twitter was number husbandry. two. But say it again. Animal husbandry. No, that was not even in the top 100, surprisingly. So <laughs> mm, I'm out of guesses. I like I like when, when people put stuff they shouldn't even be doing. I don't, I don't trust like, any. Oh, I'm going to stop vaping. Yeah. Jesse, I'm yeah. not even going to read some of the things on this list. People can go look it up on ChristianityToday.com. But there are some things that I went like, you wrote that on Twitter? Like, you didn't write that on a secret piece of paper and pass it to the professor. You wrote that on Twitter. <laughs> I would not have said that. I don't trust but, any poll at a dot info site. I don't know. I just uh, sorry, feel that's like, where the guy works. This is on Christianity Today. That's but the guy who did the research works at um Yeah, there were a couple Bible. of different polls and they all kind of came to the same top top yeah. twenty. Yeah. I will say yeah, this. I've right. I've blocked all dot infos coming in. I, <laughs> we have to. That. Yeah, there's malware. Yeah. It's, it's okay, rampant. so here I'll I'll read y'all the top ten and you can just see if you connect with any of them. Um social networking and Twitter, alcohol is number three. Chocolate is number four. Lent is number five. You give up Lent oh, for that's Lent. People that are trying to be funny. Oh, I give up Lent yeah. for Lent. You're like, technically, it's a loophole, but it works. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, meat, as you guess, Cameron. Swearing is number seven. Coffee is number eight. That's Soda right. is number nine, and sex is number ten. Wait, why? Uh, what was number if two? you're married, why <laughs> would you do that? Two? If you're not married, you shouldn't. What? Yeah. yeah, one of the it was the Jesse. You're asking the right question because the first one was social media and the second one was Twitter, as Twitter, if it's not the same thing. Right. I think that's really bizarre. But no, I do no, think no, there no. are it's, maybe it's, some people who are giving up the fullness yeah, of yeah, social the, media, all of it, and, and then yeah, yeah, and then two is the specific program. Yeah, that's right. Just well, that's specifically like that, walking yeah. Well, that, yeah, I mean, but that's kind of a loophole thing too. It's like, well, listen, I can't give up all social media, but this year I'm staying off Friendster. Like, just right. pick a social media outlet you don't use anymore. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I so. love the people that write on social media like, well, this is my last day. I'm giving it up for a month as if we would have ever in a million years noticed that you did not post a picture <laughs> or you didn't tell us that you're going to some concert in the city that you live in that I don't live right. in. Like, and, then, and then they come back on. Like, something happens in the news and they pop back in like, I, I've been off Twitter, but I had to say this. And then yeah. they go off again. Yeah. It's like, all right. I don't You're think like, you no one right. cares. Didn't no one cares about what I no say. No one cares about what you say. Next, give I it think up. the right stance when you're going to give up social media is let someone else say they miss you before you guess they're going to miss you. Like go, you just stay quiet and let someone else say, "Where's Annie F. Downs been for a while?" Versus me announcing to the world when I'm taking a break. So yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I, I like I like just use it as a flex of how how like great of a person you are. Like it's going to be really hard, but this year I'm giving up reading novels about. Yeah. Uh, American history. I don't know how I'm going to make it past 40 days, but for the Lord, for the Lord, at least I can do. But the point of Eddie Lent. had a great tweet about it. I'm going to try to find it. Oh, to all of us who are still on social media during Lent, let's make those Puritans regret their piety. Piety, 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 piety right? Gross. My bad, my bad. Um, now, who's got a dope Poopity. gift? <laughs> Eddie, I laughed so hard when you did that. That's my well favorite done. way to hear my tweets is somebody else reading them back to me. Yeah. Yeah, and reading good. them incorrectly, so you're welcome. Piety. Yeah, I know. Sorry. All right, <laughs> that'll do it for it's my 12 year old boy and me. Look at that. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Shane Claiborne joins us. 
Today's podcast is also brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. When Samaritan member Krista's son had a long struggle with his health, she felt anxious about submitting the bills for payment. It would have uh, been her family's first medical need with the ministry, and she just wasn't sure if it would really work. To her great relief, Samaritan Ministries immediately shared the need, and her family began receiving financial gifts to pay off her son's bills. But along with the money came letters and cards for her son's complete healing. Uh, She noted that once the body of Christ began praying for him, uh, her son was finally released from his doctor's care with a clean bill of health. She says she couldn't be more happily uninsured as she is with Samaritan Ministries. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join those that are happily uninsured, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. There you go. It's an awesome model. Very disruptive. I like that. Well, Shane Claiborne is an author and activist whose latest book is called Beating Guns, and it's co-authored by Blacksmith and Raw Tools founder Michael Martin. Together, they look at uh, the gun violence epidemic in America, how Christians should respond, and explain how they are literally putting the biblical prophecy of, quote, turning swords into plowshares into practice. We recently talked with Shane for a feature in the new issue of Relevant called A Loaded Issue. See, a little pun there, a little... It's a loaded. It's <laughs> a good. loaded issue. Um, <laughs> Chandler, <laughs> that's good. It's good. <laughs> the only thing he said in the whole show. Jesse, <laughs> the one thing he said. <laughs> the, the, the team spends. It's it's like they're cops with the road signs. They spend yeah. an, an inordinate amount of time writing headlines for the issue. And Chandler will laugh at all the good ones that <laughs> even don't get used. Chandler's been in meetings where it's like that was good. Why didn't you use it? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, we got a million. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse, yeah, but you, this was yeah. but it, the, the reason that the uh, the title is obviously so apropos is because you know the issue of guns is very sensitive particularly among people who happen to be you know passionate about them um and one of the reasons why it was interesting to talk to shane is because he really wanted to frame um the the issue of gun violence not as a political issue but one that is actually a pro life issue. Here's what he had to, to say about that. As a Christian, I, I care about life. You know, we got this pre- like crazy presumption that the author of life cares about life, you know, but I also I, I'm kind of like very uh, aware that we've sort of limited the pro-life issue to one topic and uh, meaning abortion, you know, and I care about abortion, reducing and eliminating abortion. But I also know that that's not the only pro-life issue, you know, and my last book was on the death penalty for that same reason, you know, because the, the this is the the irony of America is that you can be pro-guns, pro-death penalty, pro-military and still say you're pro-life as long as, as long as you got abortion, right? So uh, calling yeah. it out. Dang. Yeah, I know. I, but but I but also I think there's a tendency to see issues like this through a very partisan lens, no matter right. what the moral or scriptural implications are. Right. Um, and, you know, but if you look at them sort of in the vacuum of scripture and without the, the partisan alignment that typically go with them, you know, you, you see this is an issue we should all care about. Yeah, it's tough to distinguish or to separate this because immediately I know a lot of our listeners right now are going up, oh, say they're a bunch of liberals. They're saying, take our guns away, which means they're taking our liberties away, which means they're going to take our religious freedom away. And, you know, like it's a slippery slope. Give us, you know, so I, I, li- I like how in your impression of them, they're all yeah. Southern too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just, I think it's quiet about that particular part of this. You're a little gentle, implicit bias. You're, showing, just popped right you're in. actually showing your cards more than you think you are. Yeah, I'm just staying <laughs> quiet and watching it. I don't say rural. I would say, I, I wouldn't say Southern is more I like rural. God's country, by the yeah. way. Yeah, they talk like that in Montana too. You know, I don't know. No, I mean, but it is. Also, that, I, also, there's a better use than they. But go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. No, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, that is the argument, right? I mean, but if you if somehow we could separate just isolate just the gun issue and, and say, like, as a Christian, as a Bible believing Christian, like, why are we advocating for the use of this sort of weaponry? Um, I don't know. It's just tough to justify scripturally, you know, but I get it through a partisan lens. So, you know. Well, and the other thing, too, and that, that Shane talks about and we talk about in the piece is how prevalent guns are in America. Like this is not a uniquely American problem or American issue, but it's certainly one that at the scale yeah. that it is is uniquely American. Here's what Shane had to say about that. 
in every corner of our neighborhood. I can tell you the stories of people who were shot and killed there. We've got memorials on most of our corners to folks. And and that's become very personal. We just had two people killed with an assault rifle with uh, 40, uh, 39 rounds in less than a minute. So, you know, that's kind of what we're thinking about, even for folks that own guns or that, you know, have a shotgun, you know, to go hunting with or, or whatever. Like, uh, we're, we're really uh, trying to think about this and, and uh, as, as, an, as a life issue. And the, the good news is that the studies of gun owners uh, overwhelmingly show that gun owners want to see some changes made that uh, depending on how the question's asked, you know, background checks or assault rifles or should des- domestic abusers or folks that, you know, how can, they are, can't fly on airplanes, should they be able to, you know, acquire guns? These are like, so I think a lot of really sensible folks believe we need some changes. And there's people that'll say, you know, we, it's not a gun issue. It's a heart right. issue or a sin issue. And what, what Mike and I are saying is, why can't it be both? You know, like, like it, it's absolutely true that it's both a heart issue and a gun issue. God heals hearts and people change laws. And so let's let's see what we can do to save lives in this country. Yeah. Again, I, I like how he, he, he frames it and he's not, you know, taking away from, you know, people's thoughts about. Um, well, obviously, yeah, people still, people who are violent and have violent intentions will find a way. Right. To, I mean, just look at what's going on in London right now. There's a stabbing epidemic. I mean, like it's an international news because they don't allow guns. There's not access to guns, but bad people are still hurting innocent people. You know, would I you, mean, would you be able to do a quick impression of what it sounds like in London with the stabbing I can't. epidemic? Jesse, Jesse does the better British accent. I can't do the British accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just go not ahead. doing it. I'm not Jesse, waiting into it. I just Jesse, want to go ahead. <laughs> Jesse, what do what does it sound like in London? Oh, who the stabber? What's his mindset? I'll say this. Here's what Shane had to say about the image from scripture. My gosh. About, about, and you know, the, I'm, I'm going to walk right out of the bed, oh, right out of this room. Right there, yeah, what's, that? what's that? That hurts. Oh, I've been stabbed. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my wow. gosh. What a bugger. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us out of this British friends. I just want you to Be, notice. Because. <laughs> Annie's literally texting me these lines to say. Yeah, She's, that's Annie's fault. <laughs> She, she got mad. She got mad that uh, that uh, so, that there was a possible malignment of the Southern Bible Belt, and she's taking it out on the. English. She gave up sarcasm for Lent, so she's texting yeah. all of her comments to. to it's a loophole. It's a loophole. No, but uh, one of the things that that Shane and Michael have done is that is what we're talking about at the top of the show was where they're going around the country and people who have guns that maybe have just decided they don't need them anymore or. Um, you know, they don't need as many anymore because they're not, you know, Shane isn't advocating that we eliminate guns. It's just that we look at some sensible legislation, but it also, you know, it clearly in the book of Isaiah, it talks about a prophecy of when the kingdom of God comes, people will not need weapons. There won't be a need for guns. There won't be a need in this case for swords that in, in the kingdom that we're supposed to usher in, people will literally turn their swords into plowshares. So turn their weapons into tools that can be used to give life. And here is Shane kind of talking about that, that in particular scripture. It is an image that comes from scripture and it appears in the prophets, both Micah and Isaiah had this image of God's people beating their swords into plows their spears into pruning hooks. And then it goes on to kind of foretell a future where, uh, People will study violence no more. They will learn to kill no more. Nations will not have wars. But it all begins with people who begin to transform weapons into farm tools, to garden tools. And so we got really inspired by that. Um, and it's it's interesting because Mike Martin, I wrote the book with, and he's the blacksmith. Uh, uh, I'm an apprentice blacksmith, you know. And uh, but he he he's been doing this. Uh, we both started doing it about ten years ago, and almost at the same time. And he's living in Colorado and I was in Philly and, um, we, we thought, man, geez, we got, you know, more guns than people. People probably have some extras that they want to get rid of. So we invited people to donate guns. And one of our first ones was an AK 47 that this dude was just kind of like, man, I don't know why I've got this, you know, and I don't use it to hunt. It's hard to imagine using it for anything good, you know? And so he donated it and we turned it into a shovel and a, a pitchfork. Uh, we have, uh, when we were doing this story, 
they sent us a couple of these things. And in your head, you're probably thinking like, okay, it still looks like an AK-47. They just put a spade on the end of it. It's not. They literally melted it down and turned it into like a real That's nice crazy. looking tool. I mean, it's it's they're here in our office with us. And, and I think the, the thing that Shane wanted to emphasize, and I think that a lot of people who want to see Christians engage on this issue is that there are there is middle ground. You don't you yeah. can still be, quote unquote, pro Second Amendment and, you know, try to find legislative measures that will actually have an impact on 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 gun violence and, and have some middle ground. Um, and here's what he had to say about, you know, kind of finding those measures that we can all agree on could make a big impact. I heard this kid in my neighborhood say, uh, why do we have so many gun shops when there aren't that many deer to hunt in Philly? So, I mean, you know, and now that I've studied this, man, I mean, it, it is incredible that um, we, we've got uh, almost five times as many gun dealers as McDonald's restaurants. So what? five times more gun shops than McDonald's restaurants. So we've got like 5% of the world's population, but almost half of the world's guns, civilian owned guns. And so there's, there's now more guns than people in the United States. And, and, um, but you're right. You know, what's interesting is two thirds of people in the U S live without guns. So it's only a third of our population that has guns. And there's a few people that have a ton of guns, 3% that own 150 million guns. So they own half the guns. Oh my gosh. That's so, crazy. you know, that's where the conversation wow. needs to happen, where we go, man, wow, whether it's talking about suicide or accidental deaths or even like intentional homicides, you know, are there some changes that we could make in our country that might uh, save lives? And at the end of the day, it's really clear that we could save lives if we want to. That's the thing to me is just the common sense stuff of like, there are systems, some states have systems that if somebody who has a history of, you know, uh, you know, violence or mental health issues, they would be in a registry that if they tried to buy a gun, they wouldn't be able to, but they could just then go online or they could go to a gun show. I mean, there's other ways for people who it's just, it doesn't make sense that there's not a universal system and and this technological age that we live in, you know, we have very antiquated rules and also that state by state that the laws are so different, you know, like I feel like there should be, there's, you know, we all have to have a driver's license, you know, it's like there's certain systems that are national and it's like, I, I don't understand why we wouldn't be for that kind of just common sense solution. And it would probably prevent some of the people who have made the news uh, from being able to obtain the weapons that they made the news with, you know? So I don't know. It's just, Je- Jesse, I, my, I, my question about this slice, I'm, I would prefer not to reveal, like, I'm not talking about like my opinion on this, but I am yeah. always curious, like, where is the sensible other side of this? The person that's like pro-life, but also doesn't feel like there should be yeah. any legislation or like, um, that that doesn't agree with basically what Shane is yeah. saying because I, I feel we, like I only hear like like extreme and vitriolic yeah. opinions on either side. Like, where's the sensible person to learn from? Yeah, as where's well? the Shane on the other side? Yeah. yeah, well, and that's one reason I, why I wanted to talk to Shane and, and particularly play clips from from his interview is because I don't feel like anything he was calling for isn't anything that a lot of people on both sides of the issue would agree on. Agree. Um, but but you know we did actually in the piece uh, talk to a guy who is a former pastor and now is an NRA, uh, one of the top NRA instructors in the in the country. And he also is a pretty much a celebrity in the gun world. He runs the biggest gun and firearm and self-defense YouTube channel in the world. He gets a few hundred million views. And, you know, he even conceded, you know, like he thinks maybe other than like skeet shooting. Yeah. In the coming kingdom of God, which he, you know, he goes out of his way. And again, this is a guy we talked to him while he was at SHOT Show. And SHOT Show is the biggest international gun convention in the world where he was a speaker. And, you know, he's also a former Christian pastor. And, you know, he says his allegiance is to Christ first. But, you know, on that side, you know, of the perspective, he thinks that he is not for any type of legislation, um, which is is not common even in the gun community. But, you know, his side is he thinks people need to have a more practical knowledge of of firearms because, uh, you know, a lot of the deaths by firearm, the, the, the leading cause of death by firearm is suicide. 
And so, you know, one thing to the credit of the NRA, and this is one thing that we talked about with them, is at SHOT Show this year, which is, like I said, the biggest international gun convention in the world. And the NRA is one of the major presence there. This year, they brought in mental health uh, advocates and people who know how to spot um, people that are displaying signs of mental distress. And they were doing free seminars for any person there that was a gun that owned a gun retail shop or worked in the firearm retail world. So that if you work at a gun shop and someone comes in, they would, you know, be better equipped and better trained to recognize someone in mental health distress and to offer assistance there in the gun shop. And, you know, so the, the so I guess my my answer to you, Eddie, is that even people who don't think there are legislative solutions do think there are, are ways that we when I say we, I just mean the collective you know society can do a better job at equipping people to, uh, you know, prevent gun violence, even if that's not a legislative measure. Like I said, they, they are going above and beyond to really try to address the mental health front. The piece in the magazine, I, I when I was reading it, like literally is 50-50. I mean, it's like, it's unlike this segment, um, which we're given Shane's perspective. It really, like we gave a lot of real estate to the pro-gun Christian perspective. Uh, he made some compelling arguments, um, you know, and, and the only reason why we didn't bring those clips is it was he literally was at the gun show on his yeah, cell phone. It was and so too the hard. Audio, it was literally. Yeah, too hard. And that's why I tried it. to pick clips from Shane yeah. that, that were somewhat neutral other than the spiritual aspect. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but go check it out at relevantmagazine.com. I mean, the, the piece is is nuanced and, and the issue is nuanced from a Christian perspective. And I think uh, the writers did a, a great job, you know, kind of straddling that line. But. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about from, from a faith perspective, not just a partisan perspective. Um, so there you go. Well, uh, go check out uh, Shane's new book. Uh, it's, it's out now. It's called Beating Guns. Also, check out the uh, a loaded issue in the new issue of Relevant. You can read it at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, stay tuned. Coming up next, we wrap things up. This episode of The Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Libscom University. At Libscom University, their online programs are shaped by a commitment to creating a better future. And with multiple undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs to choose from, you can define what that future looks like. Plus, you earn the same academically rigorous degree you'd get on their campus with the flexibility to fit your life. Listen, at Relevant, we believe in you, the listener. We know you're ready to lead. So you can pursue your goals and a better world at Lipscomb Online. Visit Lipscomb.edu slash online to learn more. That's L-I-P-S-C-O-M-B dot E-D-U slash online. Well, normally right here is when we have one of our uh, listener interaction segments, but a little behind the scenes, Jesse is jumping on a plane to come down to Florida for the week. It's uh, it's my birthday week, and everybody's flying in to celebrate. It's very exciting. It's not true. Well, it is my birthday week. It's not It is his birthday week, and people are flying in. But yeah, other than yeah. that, it's not true. Yeah, they're not, yeah, it's cool. they're not related. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's coming in. And yeah. ironically, we're going to a gun range. So, <laughs> but we're going to run there as fast as we can and raise money for clean water. Very safe with firearms, yeah. just sprinting. But Jesse's got to run to the airport. So the, the Friday edition of the podcast, which actually will be out on my birthday, in case you guys want to send any gifts in advance, um, uh, Jesse will be here <laughs> oh in God. studio with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. can't wait. We got a, we got a little, maybe a little game plan. Don't want to get too much away, but uh, yeah, we're doing, yeah. So. There's going to be a game on the podcast. It's a, that's a big revelation. <laughs> Shocking, Eddie. Really. Eddie, I don't need your sass. <laughs> you, know, you, know what, you know what, Eddie? Some Tuesday sass coming in. You know what, Eddie didn't give up for Lent. Sass. Yeah. Sass of nope. That's right. I'm not telling you what I gave up, but it wasn't that. <laughs> I'm doing this. To, I'm doing this as payment, Eddie. I'm embedding yeah. this in your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. When you first started well, doing that, I thought you were doing the chariots of fire thing. Like, <laughs> da, 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 no, I, no, that song's too slow for me. That's too, I need one that I need eye of the tiger or heavy metal, just You're sprinting right. and screaming. How like much would name. someone have to give to the world vision six K for you to listen to that? The entire run, Jess. 
Oh, I would, you know, like I would probably speed it up a little to get get the uh, an adequate pace. But I will, I would totally do that. You know, I, you know, I, if someone feels generous enough to do it, that you know, to give anything, yeah. that, I feel like that, you don't understand no how deal. fundraising works. That's usually where you <laughs> you kind of like pretend like you wouldn't be able to do Two it. Two million dollars, yeah. Eddie. Yeah, you, you kind of like you okay. bonk at the idea, and then you say like, "Oh, I couldn't do that," but if someone gave two thousand, maybe. Yeah. But you're just like, oh, I wouldn't care. No, you're like, I would, right? I <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Go ahead. Get <laughs> it's kind of fun. We get to celebrate your b- birthday on the pod on Friday. You know what? I would do nothing but uh, train by eating hot sauce for, <laughs> for, for the next month. So that's not a big deal, Eddie. Hey, uh, wrapping things up. Many thanks to Shane Claiborne for joining us. Remember his his uh, book, Beating Guns, Hope for People Who Are Weary of Violence, is out now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Shane Claiborne. Also, thanks to Samaritan Ministries for making this episode possible. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant to learn more about their healthcare sharing ministry. And also thanks to World Vision. Remember the World Vision Global 6K for Water takes place on May 4th and our whole team is running it and walking it. And we love for you to join us, whether you're here in Central Florida or across the country, you can join Team Relevant by visiting worldvision6k.org slash relevant. Go do it. Uh, and also, uh, if if you're not going to join us, you can still give. So um, as the race gets closer and Jesse starts... Uh, Maybe we can actually put challenges into the equation to raise money, uh, support Jesse, make him do stuff while we're running it. Oh, I'm in. You guys know me. My, <laughs> I'm. I oh, basically it's gonna get so weird for you, Jesse. Ability, so I'm very confident. Yeah, I, I like it. Hey, uh, if you want to see relevant at your school or church or event, we offer special partner distribution of the magazine and would love to be part of your upcoming event. Request bulk distribution at relevantmagazine.com slash pod partner. We even offer free copies for churches and nonprofits. Check it out. Also, if you want to get the magazine, um, uh, subscribe now. We have a special offer for podcast listeners. You can get your first six months of relevant for only $6 when you subscribe at relevantmagazine.com slash pod fan there you go not not god fan pod fan slash god fan takes you to a totally different section <laughs> god fan.info yeah don't go so there. some 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 sketchy information yeah <laughs> all right well on that note we'll wrap things up i'm cameron strang i'm chandler strang i'm eddie carey i should not go close to the last floor I'm here, sir you go <laughs> i'm jesse carey uh, i'm annie f Downs. there you go all right we will see you on friday my birthday i think you said <laughs> it with go. a question mark see you guys thanks for watching <laughs>